Church, I also want to take a moment and thank you for last Sunday's uh, celebration. Um, that, was, that was really nice um, for my family and I, and just as we celebrate eight years of serving you, serving our community, um, what a blessing. And, and, and for me, one of the things that's been consistent, I remember in the first couple of years, it was, it was, it was, we had some tougher times, and, but one of the things that you've always done well is, is take care of my wife and take care of my family. And when, when my wife and I first came, it was just, it was us and my daughter Arabella was, um, she was like two months, three months old. And, you know, now she's eight and it's up here singing and it's just, uh, just so wonderful. So thank you for always loving on them and protecting them and, and praying for them. And that means a lot to me, you know, um, that, you, that you treat my wife that way, you treat my kids that way and take care of them. And so I'm just, I'm grateful to you for all the support, all the love, all the things we've been able to do um, through this pandemic. Uh, not only did we, we were here for each other, but we were also here for other churches there were some other churches that were really struggling during the pandemic, and we, we gave them money, we bought cameras for them, we brought equipment for them, we went and trained people. There's a lot of things that we did, and that wasn't what I did, that's what we did. And so thank you always for your generosity. Um, we were making sure that the kingdom of God was winning in different areas, um, because that's important. And so thank you. Um, and so just know that I love you all, and we're praying for each and every one of you. Um, together, we do great things for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Well, um, today we jump back into our message series, Oikeos, and that comes from the Greek word from our central passage of the household, and we'll talk more about there. there. But it's all centered around the family of God. It's all centered around the church, and I hope you've been blessed by it. I hope you've allowed it to just take root in your heart and understand the beauty of us and us coming together and who God has called us to do life with. In part one of the series, we talked about what a church family is. And in part two, we talked about the benefits of being a member of the household of God and, and I gave you point number one, and point number one was your journey is not walked alone. And that's so huge for each and every one of us because you're not called to just do this life alone. I'm going to follow God on my own, but you're called to do it together with everyone else, right? That's where you find strength. That's where you find hope. That's where you find peace. That's where you find people that are going to walk through life with you together. So that's the first benefit. And the second benefit is what we're going to talk about today and so I want to read our central passage before we put it up on the screen. Before we put it up on the screen, does anyone have it memorized? Anyone have it memorized? Because I got free coffee for you today. Anyone like Starbucks? If you got it memorized, right here. Free coffee. Okay. You, so we got it? You got to come up, come up here. To, come up here. And I will give you, we have two more parts to this series. I will uh, give you two more weeks to get this thing memorized, and we're just going give, to give you free coffee. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. What does it say? Consequently, we are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens of God's people and members of his household. Man, there you go. <laughs> enjoy coffee on the church. And enjoy some Starbucks. And so... Um, that's, uh, man, 
what are we doing? Why am I giving away coffee for, for memorizing verses? I, I want just motivation, incentive. I want you to memorize the Word of God. I want it to take root in your life. And so memorize that. And if you can, memorize it in the NIV because I'm asking everyone to do it. I know we've done this in the past and we've had a hundred different versions and it's been kind of like, hey, did they get it right? Just we'll do it in the NIV. And so uh, let's take a moment to read it together. Could we put it up on the screen and we'll read it together uh, on the count of three? On the count of three, it says this, one, two, and three. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his households. Right? You're no longer foreigners and strangers. You're no longer separate. See, if you've made a decision for Jesus, you're home, you're family. Right? If you've made it, and, 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 it, and it's not that, well, you haven't made a decision, back up, you're, you're not part of us, it's, it's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you are no longer a foreigner. You no longer have to walk this life by yourself. You get to do it with other brothers and sisters. We're all imperfect. We all got issues. We all got something going on. But we all recognize that we need Jesus. I need Jesus every single day. Listen, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for such a wonderful service and seeing our kids lead us in worship. God, I just pray your blessing over our babies that the next generation would continue to grow in love for worship with you. God, I pray an anointing over each and every one of them. God, they would grow and flourish. May your name always be like sweet honey on their lips. Father, I pray your blessing over this time as we gather and get into the word. I pray, God, that it would come alive and speak to us, Lord, minister to our hearts, our minds, our souls, strengthen us, God. God, you woke us up and brought us here to church, Lord, and we need to hear from you. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. You see, we've learned that the benefits of anything in this life are important. In fact, for most of us, understanding the benefits of something help us make our choices. Well, as I look at the benefits, it's either maybe I'm going to make this decision or I'm going to make this decision. What should I do, right? If, if, I, if I do this, it's going to lead to this. If I, if I do this, it's going to lead to this. I have this picture I want you to see. See, one is going to lead me down the paved road or, or the unpaved road, right? The paved road is, is all the pleasures, everything that's going to make me feel good. And it's going to lead to money, 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 right? right? It's going to lead to that. And then there's the unpaved road where I'm going to have to make certain decisions. I'm going to have to say no to some things. I'm going to have to do some things a little bit different. However, it leads to a joy. Hmm. It leads to a peace that surpasses all understanding. It don't matter what life throws at you. You're at that place. And it also leads to eternal life. You're not worried about what happens when you take your last breath. Am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? Am I going to make it? Not going to make it? No, you know. Right? Your confidence. The benefits of anything help us to understand the choices that we make. But in addition to benefits drawing us to something, benefits also help us understand, are you ready for this? Each other's value. The value right here in this place. And in this case, understanding each other's value within the household of God. Let me say it this way. You have value. 
You have that. I don't know what's been said. I don't know how it's come across to you. I don't know how you felt about yourself, but you have value. Now, that's a benefit to me, and it's also a benefit to you, and I'm going to explain that here in just a moment. Let me say it to you this way. I don't know what negative words have been spoken over your life, and we understand, according to the Word of God, that words have power, but you're not worthless. Maybe you've looked at the cost, you've looked at what's happened, you look at the situation, you look at what you've done, you look at what you've said, you look about what's happened to you or what's said to you, and you've said, I don't know, I don't think I'm good enough. But you are not worthless. You're not. Let me say it to you this way. You're important. You are important I don't know what lie has been, has somehow taken control of you, but you are important. Let me say it to you this way. You are no accident. No accident at all. Oh, Pat, you don't know how I've came to be. You don't know my situation. Or, or I shouldn't be alive. It's, it's by coincidence or happenstance that I'm, that I'm, that I'm here. It's by luck or, or chance. You don't even know how I'm at church this morning. All of this. No, 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 no. God's been working something out. God's been preparing something. God's been organizing something. God's been ahead of you. You didn't know it, but he, he's been ahead of you working something out. God's been setting it up. Let me say it this way. You have a place. And me understanding this about you is to my benefit. But you understanding this about you is also to your benefit. It's a benefit to each and every one of us. Moises, where's, Mo, where's Moises at? Mo, can you come here real quick? No mic, just you. Can we, can we give him a round of applause? That's my boy, Moises. You brought the mic anyway. He's not prepared because I didn't tell him. But I wanted it to be that way. Because I just wanted you to know, bro, that you're important. And I know that we're standing in front of everybody right now, and it might feel a little awkward as I'm telling you this, but I'm, I'm telling you 100. But there might have been some things in your life that have been spoken to you and... and um, some things that haven't been very nice at all. Some of those things you've been able to shake off and just like, no. But there's some other things that in your life that have somehow for one reason or another have popped themselves up at the worst time in your life. But that's not true. And that's not who you are. And that's not where you find your identity. <laughs> in fact, the devil has wanted to blind you from you understanding who you are. But don't let them. Because you understanding who you are is a benefit to you and is a benefit to all. We're all better when you understand who you are. Brother, you're important. I can tell each and every one of you that you're important. But the 
question is, will you believe me? Would you believe, you know, pastor likes to encourage people, but, you know, I don't know if that's really me. I, 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 I don't know because, listen, what I've been through, I, 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 I don't know. Until you understand your deeper purpose in life, you won't fully understand your value. Let me ask you this. Who are you? Not, not what you do. Not what, not what you do to, to live or school. Not, not what you do. Who are you? Let me say this. Whose are you? Who am I? See, understanding this changes everything. And this morning we jump into a passage of Scripture where we see someone who initially hated Jesus, hated his followers, hated the church, only to discover his own purpose, and in that, understand his value. Changed everything. Because if you don't understand your deeper purpose, you'll never fully understand your value. We're going to jump into it in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. It'll be up on the screen. You can open up in your Bibles, follow along in the, in the app, or just listen to us reading it here this morning, but I, I want you to get this here, and we're going to look at these first six verses, and we're going to take the story a little bit further, but it says this, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, right? This is Saul, and he hates Jesus and hates the church, hates the disciples of the church. He went to the high priest. Now, who's the high priest? The high priest is the, is the high priest of the Jewish faith. Okay, he's, he would be maybe like equivalent to like the Pope in the Catholic faith, okay? So he goes to the high priest who's in Jerusalem, and it says this in verse 2, and asks letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found anyone who were of the way, now of the way, followers of the way, this is what Christians were called at this time. They weren't quite called Christians, they were called followers of the way. Whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he's going to the high priest of the Jewish faith, and he's saying, hey, I heard there's a bunch of believers over there in this city of Damascus. They're over there. They're gathered. Would you give me letters and permission to go over there to Damascus to go have them arrested, carried off to Jerusalem, where they will be tried and most likely killed for their faith because they love Jesus because they're following Jesus Verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, right? Came near the city, not quite there, but came near. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, just whoa. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's just extra for you to get it, okay? <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Okay, let me explain that there for a moment. He's having this encounter with Jesus, right? This is this man that just hated Jesus, and he shows up, and he's there, and he's having this encounter, and then he says this, it's hard for you to kick against the goads, to go against what I'm doing. 
There's something that I'm, that I'm doing. There's, I got a bigger plan. It's all happening. But look what you're doing to hinder what I'm doing. And then in verse 6, he says, So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. They did that good. Dude. Now, there's a whole lot happening here in this passage. Here's this man who hates Jesus, hates the church. He's chasing them down in another city to bring them in chains to Jerusalem so that they'll most likely be killed. And on that road, he encounters God. You see, prior to this moment, he doesn't have any God-given purpose. He has his own purpose. He has what, what he thinks he should be doing. He, he's thinking, well, this, this is the right thing. God wants me to do this, get rid of all these followers of Jesus. This can't be right. He's thinking he's doing what he should be doing, not what God has for him. And there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Often people can make every move trying to do what they think they should be doing instead of doing what God has for them. I mean, stressing and sweating it out, like going through it and just like, why? That's not what God has. That's what you think you were supposed to be doing. See, many of you know my story. I was, I was chasing law and politics into my mind for the glory of God, right? I, 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 I thought I was doing something. I was, making, I was making moves, internship at the Capitol, connected all throughout the city, all these type of things. And God was like, hey, hey. I see you, heart in the right place, but nah, that ain't it, brother. That ain't it. That, that's not what I have for you. I mean, you're right, your heart I see is in the right, that, that's not it. And last week, we talked about the benefits of being a member of the household of God. And we said that the number one benefit was not walking this life alone. And the second benefit of being a member of the household of God, the second benefit is this. The opportunity to discover, develop, and pursue your deeper purpose in life. That's it right there. See, God has designed it so that your deeper purpose would be discovered and developed and pursued within the household of God. Right here, right here, right here. Someone say right here. See, this is where God wants to do it. God has something for you. Now, he might use your gifts and your connections. He might use the experiences that you already have. But your deeper purpose in this life can be discovered, developed, and pursued right here within the household of God. Listen, let's go back to Saul here. He has this encounter with God, right? And from there, where does God send him? Where does God send him? He has this encounter. It's, it's, it's amazing. And then in the book of Acts chapter 9 and verse 6b, look at what it says. It says this, Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Where does he send him? He sends him to the city. Who's in the city? Why was he going to the city in the first place? Because that's where all the believers were. That's where the household of God is. He has this encounter with God. God doesn't send him. Go off and do your own thing. Nope. 
I need you to come over here because I need you to connect with the family of God because there's some things I'm about to shape in you, mold in you, do in you, speak to you, help you to understand, grow you, mature you, develop in you, and then you're going to go off and walk into some things in your area. But I need you to go to the household of God. This is where God is sending him. In fact, God is preparing for him to connect with a brother named Ananias. In verse 10, verse 10 and 11, it says this. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus, right, at the city of Damascus, named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus, behold, he is praying. God says, listen, Ananias, one of my sons is praying. He's praying. I need you to go and be over there. I need you to go and connect with him. I need the household of God around him. He's praying. I hear his prayer. I need you to, to, to be with him. And maybe you've been in a season where you're praying and trying to figure some things out. You're, you're looking for wisdom. You're looking for direction. You're, you're trying to figure it out. And God's about to make it clear in your life. God is preparing the next steps for you. He's, he's preparing the understanding that you need your job, your job is to trust where God has called you. Your job is to trust where God has called you. Go and wait. Wait. Pastor, did you say wait? That's a four-letter word I do not like to hear. The Bible actually says that Saul had to wait for three days before anyone showed up. And if you, you get into the context of the scripture, he's, like, he's got like these scales on his eyes. He can't see. And imagine him waiting. He's just there waiting. He don't even know that it's going to be three days. He's just waiting. God, I came to the place you told me to be. What's up? Is anything going to happen? Like, how long should I wait? What, what, what should I do? God, I, I, I'm where you came. I'm next. What's next? And don't we grow impatient sometimes? Come on, somebody. I heard all the honest people. How about the rest of us? <laughs> Some of you struggle to wait with everything in life. You say, well, God knows I'm impatient. I mean, he knows that about me. We're tight. He knows. God knows I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. The Bible says in Psalms 27, 14, what does it say? What's that first word, that four-letter word? Wait. Oh, man, some of you are all on point this morning. Wait for the Lord. And while you're waiting for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Why? Because if you're waiting on the Lord, then God's got you. You ain't waiting on the hookup from one of your homies. He's going to work that out. No. Then don't be strong and don't take courage because he's probably not coming through. It says, wait on the Lord. And if you're waiting on the Lord, then be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Listen, it's almost never easy to wait. But when you're waiting on the Lord, it's always worth it. Always worth it. Because God is preparing. God is making moves. God is setting up. And here's the other thing about this. Like, it's always like the blessing and what's to come and, 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 and what you're about to come up and what God is about to do in your life. But, but it's the preparation. 
It's that season of waiting that God is doing something. See, the question is during the waiting is, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to teach me while I'm waiting, God? I know that you could just make it happen. So what are you trying to teach me, God, during this season of waiting? That's the question. God, what are you trying to develop in me to you or being prepared for your purpose in the waiting? And you got to trust the time. you got to trust God's plan. Do you know more than him? Are you ready to jump ahead of what he has? See, preparation for your purpose happens in the waiting. That's when you get developed. That's when you get shaped. That's when you get molded. Well, pastor, I'm ready. No, God says, no, nah, you ain't, son. No, you ain't. It, it, it's, it's preparation for your purpose happens in the waiting. And in this season, God is setting up your next move. I want you to see what happens for Saul through the household of God. God is giving Ananias some insight about Saul's purpose. And it says this in verses 15 through 18. It says this, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, right? Everybody not Jewish. Kings and the children of Israel, the Jewish folks. 16. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Everything he's going to do, everything he's going to have to endure for my name. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Here's what happens in his, in his life. I see a bunch of you fanning, and I feel kind of hot too. Maybe we get the air on for a second. Somebody can take care of that. But imagine if we had tried to go around God's plan. Imagine if we tried to, whoop, God, I see you like you're trying to get me to wait, but like, whoop, whoop, like, let me go, God. Like, I'm trying to give it. God, you know what? I'll be right back. I'm going to go try some, and if it don't work, I'll come back to you. Let me see if I can get something going here, God. Imagine if, if we would have had given up because it was taking too long. See, God is preparing to use the people within the household of God to minister to your life, to help you understand God's plan for your life. And it's no accident. It's no accident. Your God-given purpose is tied to the folks in the household of God. And you're looking for purpose. And I get that. And I respect that. That's right. Here's what you need to know about it. Here's what you need to know about looking for your purpose, even before you found it. Number one is going to be connected to the household of God, right? That's what we've been talking about. You've got to get that. It's, it's connected to the household of God, your deeper purpose in life. Number two, it's going to bring God glory. It will. In his plan, and if you want to step in his plan, it's going to bring him glory. Number three, it's going to bring you more satisfaction and joy than anything else in this life. Than anything else. A peace, a joy. Well, pastor, isn't there a number four? It's going to bring me more money, money, money than anything else in this life. No, number four is not there. 
See, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I simply want you to understand this here for a moment. You and I were his workmanship. There's purpose, there's intention, there's no accident. Everything is, is created and, and handcrafted. Who designs better than God? Who? Who creates better than God? Who does? I mean, tell me. Who creates better than God? You know, last week I had the chance to go snowboarding, which is something I really enjoy. I don't get to do that often, but if I could do it once, it's something I really enjoy. It's like a mental break for me. And there's something about, you know, getting up to that lift, and I'm at the top of the mountain, and the view that I have, and then I'm going, I'm flying down that, that mountain, and I just, I, just, I, just, I just love that. But as I stood there at the top of the mountain, and I could see from the top of the, I mean, we're high, high. At the top of this mountain, I could see other tops of mountain tops, and they're all filled with snow, and it's so beautiful. You can see a few pine trees just kind of sticking out, and it's just this majestic thing. I feel like God did that. Who put those mountains there? Who made it look like that? Who got the snow there with the trees popping? I mean, who, I mean, how did it get like that? And then the sky just, like, I mean, who did that? God did that. God designed that. And that's what he sees when he looks at you and I. He's like, I did that. With purpose and intention, we are his workmanship. In Proverbs 16, 4, it says this, The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. He's even worked that part out. He's not like, oh, okay, we'll see how they do, and I'll work that part out when we get there. No, he's got that already worked out. He says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose. All creation has a purpose. God made you with purpose. And it's not the paved road chasing money and all these, these leaving you with all these empty feelings. Like, I came up, whoo, I feel so high, I can fly. And then you drop down. They don't know that I really feel empty inside. They think it's all good because, you know, I walk with, you know. They think it's all good. But inside is struggling. Inside you lack identity, you lack purpose, you lack peace, you lack joy. Just chasing the next thing. You get it? Oh, okay. Next thing, just chasing. And you live a life of chasing what's next. That's not what God has for you. That's the lies of the enemy. God made you for more than that. Well, pastor, I've been through so much. I have scars. I got some things in my life that there's no way anyone I could ever forget. And I'm sorry. And I know that life hits hard. It hits hard. And the truth is, this life, we're still going to go through things. Until we get to heaven, we're still going to face obstacles and trials and tribulations. But the Bible says this about your purpose. It says this in Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. When you're walking in that purpose, all the things around you, God's going to work it out. He's going to work it out for the good. No matter what you've been through, no matter what has left you scarred, God causes everything to work for the good. Meaning his bigger purposes will prevail in your life. But you've got to trust him. You've got to trust his plan. 
In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This morning, I can't tell you the exact details of your God-given purpose, but I know where you can discover it. I know where God wants to reveal it. And God hasn't planned to leave you out. God's not working like all of them, and they're like coming up, but not you. God is not leaving you out. Saul was a bad dude, man. Hated Jesus, arrested and killed his followers, and then he met Jesus. Where does Jesus send him? Jesus sends him to the household. He sends him to the other believers. It's there he finds nurture and care. It's there he discovers purpose. And it's there that he begins serving, walking in it, walking in that purpose. In Acts chapter 9, verses 19 and 20, last verses I'm going to read to you. It says, afterward he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. Imagine the transformation. Here's this guy who's, who's, who's in Acts chapter 7. He's at the feet right there when, when, uh, when Stephen is getting martyred. Right Now he's getting letters from the high priest to go and arrest and have other Christians killed. And now God turned the whole thing around. In my life, God turned me completely in a different direction. I was going one way, and God said, no, that ain't it. That ain't it. Close. No, no, actually not that close. And in your life, he might do that. He might. Or maybe you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you ain't really been walking in that. And God's like, okay, child of mine. Listen, daughter. Listen, son. I'm just going to remind you. I, I'm trying to help you get where, like, you know you're supposed to be. And sometimes that's, that's us. He, he, he might even keep you what you're doing, but say, you know what? You just need to change your why you're doing it. You have your why, and that keeps you motivated, and you're driven, and you, that's great. But God's like, no, you got the wrong why. I'm going to keep you there. I'm going to see how that's going to be a blessing to the household of God, and it's going to be a blessing to you, your family, everything. but I need to change your why. And he might tell you, hey, hey, child of mine, it's time, it's time to wait while I work some things out. You just need to trust me. You just need to trust me. I got some things I'm working on. It's, it's ahead of you. You can't see it yet. It's ahead, but you need to trust me and just wait. Don't throw, don't throw a tantrum. Right? Don't get all upset. Don't try to go around me. Don't say, God, you're taking too long. Where are you at? Just trust me. Here's what you need to know. The second benefit of being a member of the household of God means an opportunity to discover, develop, and pursue your deeper purpose in life. Right here. These are the benefits that we have, that we're not going to walk life alone. And that we have the opportunity to discover, develop, and pursue our deeper purpose in life. So here's my challenge for you. Three points. 
begin to value yourself and the people in the household of God. You need to do it. You need to do it. You need, you need to change the perspective about what you see when you look in the mirror. And at the same time, what you see in the brothers and sisters of the faith. You got you to change your look. You got to change your perspective. The second, the second benefit of being, uh, excuse me, the second one is trust God in the waiting. You're going to have to trust him. You have to trust him. And thirdly, is looking for an opportunity to serve. Serve your brothers and sisters. Serve each other. Which one of these is you today? Which one of these is you? Let's take a moment to pray. We're even going to pray for communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this morning and the opportunity to be in your house, to be in your word. Thank you for the way that Holy Spirit, you take the word and it just right in that area, you just, it just hits home. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in each and every one of us. God, strengthen your church. Refresh your church. See your sons and daughters, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would, you would minister to them. You'd come over them right now in the name of Jesus. May we feel your presence. God, bless the household. Strengthen the household. God, help us, Lord. Maybe we need to get more active, Lord. Maybe we need to serve our brothers and sisters. Maybe we just need to, we just need to be trusting you because that's not what's taking place in our life. Or God, or, 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 or maybe we just need to begin to value ourselves and see ourselves for who you say we are and who you say they are. Thank you, Lord, for your love in our life. We love you, Father. If you're that person that's praying right now, hear that person, God, that's searching, that needs direction, that needs hope, God, see them right now. Hear that person, God, that feels like they're struggling to say the words. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Father. We come before you, God, and our heart's desire is to honor you. With nobody.